Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Recency Bias. My name is Frankie Piermonti, and joining me as always are my co-hosts, Joe Diegas. What's up, everybody? And Tony Bellotta. Hello, everybody. And I can't believe it's the episode recapping the Super Bowl. And not only is only three people here, but one of them is Joe. What the fuck? I'm telling you, I've been the most consistent or one of the most consistent recently here. I'm I'm almost positive since the reboot, you're maybe I wanna say you're probably, I missed I think two of the reboot. I think I missed the first two. Since yeah, since I started n- naming them reboot, I think I might be the only person that's been here more than two. Maybe Voza might be up one, because I don't think he's missed a week. This is his first week off. I think I only missed one week. You sure you didn't miss two? I think just one since we rebooted. We'll have, we'll to, have, to, we'll have, to, we'll have to check the receipts. But yeah, yeah, you know what I'm kind of wondering? Is this the first podcast the three of us have done together? Almost definitely. Almost without so. a doubt in my mind. <laughs> like, right? Like... <laughs> The odds, because Vose is on a lot to begin with, and then I feel like when he's not here, the fact that we also don't have Steven's shocking. Yeah. And, well, I, I think almost bigger than that, like, based on, not recency bias, but based on history of the pod, the fact that Joe's here is oh, uh, kind of astounding. Yeah. The only, the only weirder combination of people would be, like, if Martin was here instead of me. I'm going to it a step further. Of everybody who was possibly going to miss this one, I probably would have had the best excuse or the biggest excuse to not make it. Joe, we don't accept your excuses around here anymore. I know, but... But... (laughs) I did preface saying I wasn't feeling my best today, but I still power through. Attaboy. Joe Joe saw that both... uh, both Voza and Steven weren't going to be here, and Joe was like, "I, it's my responsibility. I was like, hold on. Let me, I need to roll up the sleeves. <laughs> Joe actually rolled up his sleeves for the, right, for the listeners also. That's fucking cold down here. Visual bits on podcast. <laughs> Anyways. So, boys, the Super Bowl was last night. So was Emily's first birthday. Happy birthday, Emily. Yes. Thanks a lot, Joe. <laughs> party, party. It, was, it, was a, it was a fun-filled day. Party, party was great, but also fuck you for making me drop to Long Island and back. I second that. I hope you enjoyed the wedding. <laughs> yeah, literally, Joe has a first birthday party at a venue that I've been to for a wedding. Hey, Joe, in all seriousness, though, you do realize the slippery slope you just entered, right? Because you have a daughter, and that means now you're going to have to throw her a wedding that's better than a wedding that would have been at that venue. And no, probably I will cost more. So I hope you started saving. You know, you know, I was like fully down that slippery slope when they told me that when people walk in, they have champagne for the adults and Shirley Temples for the kids. Like for a first birthday party, that should never be like in the conversation. Oh, ooh, yeah. hold on. I, I do have a gripe. Shirley Temple, I just realized. I, I have a gripe, by the way. Okay. The entire drive to the party, I was like... I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to have like a nice ice cold beer. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to be so excited. I can't wait to get one. Uh, I walk up to the bar and I go, because I, I had heard rumors. I said, hey, like I know they're only doing like the champagne drinks. Do you guys have any beer at all? Like, can I get a beer? Like, I'll pay for it. I don't care. And he goes, 
No, sorry, man. I was like, you're a fucking wedding venue. You don't have. You don't See, have I didn't know that. that. I didn't know that they didn't even like have that to like if people wanted to pay like out of pocket. Probably because it's a first birthday and they didn't stock up. <laughs> Dude, they or they finished fucking... off from the wedding probably the night before. Your your wedding venue, you don't got a fucking case of Heinies hiding somewhere just in case. Yeah, that's a little weird. Oh, I was so disappointed. I then proceeded to have about. 74 of those uh, poinsettias or whatever the fuck they were called. <laughs> they were delicious. I'm going to start doing those. <laughs> but, yes. So, um, no, before... no beer. I did have a big gripe with that. I didn't get to yell at you yesterday, so do it on the pod. Before we actually talk about stuff that's supposed to be talked about on the podcast, what is your hoodie about? Uh, you still haven't watched Barbie. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> got it got yeah. it it's it's not like a spoiler it's just a it was a funny bit towards okay. the end frankie's got, got a good sweater good uh, sweater on yeah it's okay. a funny bit towards the end of the movie and literally it went online like two days after i saw the movie and was like well i'm ordering that and yes it's very comfortable it's very fluffy got it yes fair enough i was there like i don't it. feel like i get this i am cannot Anyways. Yeah, you have to watch it again. At Shout out, Barbie. Shout out, Emily's first birthday. I can't okay. wait. Hey, uh, I know it's like a Mexican thing, but like we're doing a quinceanera and a sweet 16, right? Probably. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> fucked. Joe's going to have to spend so much money on this. <laughs> the best part is, is that normally you only do one of those, but it is Joe and Pie, so they're probably going to have back-to-back a 15th and a 16th. She, they're lucky they're not Jewish because they would have had a bat mitzvah, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got some time. Public school, baby. boy. Yeah, she'll turn out okay, just like me. Pi's gonna hear this and immediately start looking into private school. <laughs> no, she's a public school girl too. She's all for it. I wasn't talking about her. I was talking yeah, I about know. me. <laughs> Anyways, boys. Besides the festivities for our dear sweet Emily's first birthday, yesterday was also Super Bowl Fifty Eight. The Chiefs took on the Forty ers and boys, I'm not gonna lie. Is that maybe? Arguably, arguably, in our lifetimes, the worst first half of Super Bowl football of all time. Arguably, because there is that Rams Patriots Super Bowl that, while while being a winner for me, sucked throughout the whole game. But maybe the first worst half of our lifetimes. Yeah, I mean, I was going to even say this game was probably like the worst best game possible. Like. It, yeah, it was awful first half. It's it's funny too because like even the halftime performance awful first half, but really brought it together in the second half. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, when you go into halftime and what I think Mahomes had almost less than ten passing attempts. So I think he finished because they started driving at the end, and he finished with I think thirteen. But like going into that drive, he had six passing attempts. Yeah, so going into the final drive of the half. It was we. I mean, look, the first half. I mean, with how both teams, well, how the Chiefs were playing defensively in the playoffs, and how the Forty ers defense is just constructed, I anticipated it to be not as easy for either team to get touchdowns. 
But just the, and I know Bilotta, we were talking about it uh, in the chat, is that like the play calling was just very weird and just all over the place. And it just didn't really click at all while watching the game of like, why are they, why are they passing it to Pacheco? Why are they pitching it back to Pacheco? And then they're losing yards or even on one of the plays where um, Mahomes threw it to MVS, he caught it and then he ended up going behind the line of scrimmage where a catch was going to be for eight yards, he ended up losing four yards on it. Like, it was just weird all across. Um, more on Kansas City side than San Fran, I would say, offensively. Yeah, I I agree. And I, you're right. We were talking about this. But like, even I was watching the game with Danielle, obviously. And even Danielle was like, why the fuck are they just running the same shotgun draw with Pacheco up the middle? If the, they ran the that worst. play one more time, I was going to, like, fly to freaking Vegas and be like, Andy, like, this isn't working. Like, you need to try something else here. So it was, I don't know. It, I didn't, I get wanting to stick with the run game even when it's not working because it bounces your whole offense fine. But you got to get creative at some point and be like, all right, we can't just run a draw up the middle every single play. We either got to come up with a new play design, a new wrinkle, like don't stand in shotgun, like, just do something different to kind of catch the defense off guard. Because it felt like the 49ers knew exactly what Mahomes was going to do every play. I am on record. I've said it probably dozens of times on the podcast by now. The shotgun draw is the worst play in football. It fucking sucks so much. And, yes, they, I felt like they were running it every every first down. Mm-hmm. They would have a big play to get a first down. It's like, yeah, all right, they're finally getting some momentum and then immediately run a shotgun draw for a gain of one or a loss of one. And now you're starting, you basically started at second down every fucking set of downs because Pacheco couldn't get any, anything going. I like Pacheco, but obviously he was not working last night. It blew my mind when they finally put fucking Jarek McKinnon in because I was like, what? Even if you're going to do put fucking McKinnon in, and if you're going to run the shotgun draw, maybe McKinnon will have help with it. And then didn't use it. I think he was in for maybe like 10 snaps of the entire game where it was like, are, is every other running back hurt? Like what's going on that they're not even attempting to switch this guy out if they're not going to start passing it. And by the way, when they started passing it to Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, things happened. Yeah. Like, Kelsey having one catch for one yard in the first half. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous, because then literally I think every catch after that was for eight-plus yards. Even Pacheco, I think, said it in the after the game, saying, like, yeah, like he just kept me up running up the middle. And it's like, it's one thing if it's working. It's another thing if you're also, we talk about time management, if you're up there and you're trying to kill clock and everything. But it's just like, the run, honestly, the run game worked better for Mahomes in just yeah. the style of what was happening. Wasn't he the leading rusher? He yeah, he ended up with in the game. He had over sixty yards, I want to say. A he might have been the leading rusher in the game. Hmm? He might have been the leading rusher in the game. Period. No, I like, think McCaffrey still. He McCaffrey did go over him, right? Okay. I think McCaffrey. Let me check. Yeah, McCaffrey had eighty yards. He had the okay. most rushing yards across both, and Mahomes had sixty-six. Pacheco fifty-nine. Dude, my hundred-yard thing wasn't that far off. It really. I mean, it wasn't. It was like 20-something yards, and it was literally because Purdy just, like, wouldn't run. Like, what Mahomes did is honestly what I anticipated 
and I thought Purdy would do it at least like once, at like have one, one big run. And I was like, I think I'm going to be golden. But. I got a, I got a good one for you based on Purdy. I didn't bet it, but I did see this online. Mm-hmm. Purdy had one run for 13 yards, mm-hmm. and then kneeled the ball to end regulation to go down to 12 yards. His line for rushing yards up. was 12 and a half. Oh my god. I think Neil's shouldn't count towards rushing. Yards. I shouldn't. That's such bullshit. It should be its own like category. Yeah, like the it. same way as sacrifice in baseball is like yeah, not an out. I agree. I agree. We're not in that bat, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. It should count as like a snap, but not a not a play. Um. Yeah, I mean, dude, the fucking first half of this game sucked. The only, I think, really, like, saving grace of the first half was the Juwan Jennings to Christian McCaffrey fucking oopsie-daisy touchdown. That fucking rule. Because that also won me one of my bets, and that's why I ended up in the green yesterday. That, and don't forget, you had Moody, who ended up hitting the longest field goal in history in the Super Bowl history for 55 yards. Who had that on their bingo card? Well, that, well, also, the, that record lasted about 12 Two minutes. quarters. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> then Bucker hit a 57-yarder in the fourth quarter, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, McCaffrey was – I mean, honestly, McCaffrey was the one who was really clicking overall offensively in general, like both in the pass and the run game. So I was and not surprised with that. I, there, was, there was points in the game where, like, Obviously, it's a long season, and obviously, he's a workhorse. But there were runs where it was like, "Wow!" Even Christian McCaffrey could get tired because he was getting no yardage on some of those runs, and it was like, "This is not like the kind of player he is." This is great. Not only that, I mean, we we saw Pacheco fumble, which I thought was the other interesting thing of why do they keep going back to him? Granted, that was the only fumble he had all year, so I understand it. Like, you're not going to fault the guy. He's what third year in the league. So I understand that. But when McCaffrey fumbled, like no one, no one thought he was going to lose the ball at all. There was also like eight fumbles. Like I think there was yeah. only like two turnovers, but there was so many fumbles in this. Yeah, because there was another, there was one of the pitches to Pacheco that Mahomes had. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like Mahomes was bending over for all the snaps. Like this is uh, center was we giving were, nothing. We were talking about it. But whoever the center is, like had to be hurt or something that he couldn't get the ball off the fucking ground. Yeah, no, that was not good. But I, I, I honestly feel that the turning point, which is sad to say, was Greenlaw yeah. getting hurt, getting onto the field. Because once that happened, especially in the second half, Mahomes started to really pick apart that defense. He really got to see like where the the holes were and, and capitalize on it. Yeah, they like you talk about the 49ers defense is obviously very good as a whole. Like everybody from from the front of that defense to the back of the defense is a good player. But clearly Greenlaw is like the glue that holds that defense together. He is a stud and that fucking sucks because they said it's an Achilles injury. And I don't think they've, they've come out and said like it's an Achilles tear or anything. But I mean, it's a non, it was a non-contact on the sideline just running in after a punt. Like, it can't be good. That really shifted 
a lot for them defensively. So I think what I think it was Burks is who came in for them. Mm-hmm. And they were just that's when they started they t- started targeting Burks. Yeah, it was Burks. But no, the first half was not. It was not what I. I mean, score wise, I wasn't too surprised with it. Like what I thought that it'd be ten three. I thought. I mean, look, I I had the Chiefs winning, so if anything, I could see it being ten three. But um, yeah, it was just like not the strongest first half that I was expecting from both sides, like quarterback wise. Um, actually, no, Purdy didn't do terrible. Honestly, I mean, McCaffrey was one of his main options that he was throwing to also. But, um, no, it really wasn't like that, like, memorable of a first half, with the exception of the two things we spoke about, like, uh, or at least the field goal one and then uh, Jennings' touchdown to McCaffrey. Shots out. That won one of my bets. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it was that, like, all that surprising. And I thought it was nice that, like, all – like that with all the hoopla that Mahomes gets and like the offenses really get, like even the 49ers, like everyone always talks about all the weapons they have. It was kind of nice that the defense like actually showed up for both teams. Cause it kind of showed how well-rounded both the teams are. Cause I do think both had a good defense kind of all year, or at least the chiefs like the second half of the year, but nobody really gave them any shine just solely because they're on teams with great offenses. That being said, I'm just going to jump to the Kyle Shanahan shenanigans. Um, two things. One is, do you think he forgot that Chris Dream McCaffrey was on his team and probably should have gotten the ball more in the second half? And then number two is, is he an idiot for not actually uh, kicking off in overtime? So my two things on that is, I, I think he for, I think they wanted to be like, um, they wanted to be cute with the game plan in the second half. Because I think it was four consecutive drives to start off the second half were a three and outs. Mm-hmm. And on the 49er side, their first two drives, they had six plays, which were all six passing plays. And it's like, you have the lead. You just got the interception to start the second half, too. You got Mahomes to throw the interception. You work your way to hopefully get points yet you're not even running the ball. Like, you're not even trying to wear and tear the defense. So that's my take on that. The second question... Real quick, just take it back. Uh, I also think, because we didn't see a lot of George Kittle yesterday either, being like, you know, one of a top five tight end in the league. Um, I think we're going to find out, like, obviously, as we get a little further away, that, like, guys were dealing with injuries. Like, again, long season... Um, I think a reason why you're not seeing a lot of Christian McCaffrey, if, like I said, some of those plays in the second half looked like he was tired. Granted, you know, after that, he had a couple of plays where he, he really, like, did Christian McCaffrey-like things, but it might have been like a wear and tear thing where it's like, hey, let's not – he's on the field as a decoy. Like, let's get away from him for a minute to give him a breather where, like, yeah, he's – blocking on the other side but he's you know he's on the field blocking on the other side but he's not involved in the play because he needs a minute to fucking catch his breath he can't be who we go to every single play mm-hmm. especially yeah. with Kittle not being as much of a factor as we thought he would be now with Shanahan on like the overtime part of me was also thinking that look Kansas City just went down the field to get a field goal 
did he want to give his defense a break? Yeah. That was more of where I was thinking yeah. at first. Now, with all the reports coming out about the difference in how both teams prepared of what overtime was going to look like, also shows you from a coach's perspective, like you need to literally think through every scenario. And obviously, this is where the Chiefs were more prepared than the 49ers. But I truly feel that Shanahan was like, look, if I want to give our team the best chance, let's put our offense out there first, give our defense a break. Because they know, I mean, look, you know with Mahomes, like when they're in that type of offensive scheme, they'll go up and down the field, no problem. Mm -hmm. So I I understood that perspective. If that was the reason, do I think it was? No, I think it's because they thought like, hey, like if we get a touchdown, we win. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Joe. I, I think they just needed, their defense needed a break. I think they said, fuck it, we'll... We'll go down, we'll score, and then we just have to hold them. Let's get this defense to off the field for a minute. And we lost Bellata. Yeah. He apparently him. does not agree with us. He obviously does not. <laughs> not in the slightest bit. Um, but, no, I mean, the second half was definitely – I mean, look, the second half in the first six minutes was, like, boring as fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Um, just with all the punts that were happening to um, – I mean, the pick was exciting, but... Yeah, I mean, this was another scenario where I'm like, and I was saying it in the chat, I was like, there's times where I get it, Mahomes wants to extend the play and throw it, but use your legs. And you saw that towards the end of the, like in the late, later in the second half, what he was able to do with his feet was perfectly fine. Like, there's no point in, like, you're not just throwing it to any defense. Like, the 49ers defense is still one of the best. So you have to respect that. And no, like you can't get cute with it. I mean, he also had the um one of the penalties that he had for um intentional grounding. When you like, try to flip Yeah, and it's yeah. like don't do it. Like you're you're putting yourself at a disadvantage where you're already like in your own twenty. So, I didn't like, really I do that. I didn't really love that intentional grounding call anyway, to be honest. Like he It could have gone the other way. It could have went either way, I think. But yeah, I get your point. And what I thought was interesting with him in the beginning of the game, it almost felt like, I don't know. I don't know if like afraid to lose was, but they, they were just so sloppy in the first half with the amount of penalties that they were drawing that it just felt like they were not playing to their game plan, which I know sounds like such a cliche, but there was like something off and I couldn't put my finger on it. Honestly, still to this day, I have no idea what they were doing in the first half. Yeah, the first, like we said, the first half was not there. I mean, we even didn't even talk about Kelsey getting into Reed's face. Also, dude, that was so bad. Anybody else, they would get more shit for it, though. I I think we have to. Oh yeah, look at that. But I also understand Kelsey's point, where it's like you just had that big catch by McCauley Hardman, and then you have Pacheco fumble it within the ten. Yeah. No, I get, and listen, even I, like, was thinking about it afterwards. Listen, you can't run into your coach, in my opinion, so I do think that was bad. But I don't understand why he wasn't on the field. Like, if if that was really his concern, which who knows what he was fucking screaming Like, look, if he caught that 52-yard catch and you take him out for a play for a breather, fine. But he wasn't involved at all. No, and, like, to me, like, Kelsey just acts as a decoy. Like, I don't understand when you're in the red zone taking out some of your best players like yeah. the Cowboys had a weird habit of doing this this past year too where they would just blatantly take guys off the field and I'm like 
you're taking away guys that are clear red zone targets and you're just letting the defense basically say, okay, well, we don't have to worry about Kelsey this play. We could do like whatever we want on defense. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Now we could, you know, cheat towards Rasheed Rice or yeah. load the box a little bit because clearly they're going to try to run with Pacheco because it's first down and that's all they've done so, this far, so far in this game. Yeah, and that's the other thing that I found weird in the second half, and I know I lost connection for a minute and came back, so if you guys talked about this, just tell me shut up. Is the second half, too, like more like the end of the third, like early fourth, it felt like the 49ers like started giving Mahomes way too much. They either did one or two things. They either gave him too much space, like, and they were backing off on the receivers. They were playing, they were, like, prevent defense. Yeah. For, like, a good 20-minute period. And then when they decided, okay, that's not, like, working anymore, they were trying to send, like, the house at Mahomes, and it wasn't working because Mahomes was just getting rid of the ball. I was like, what happened to just, like, the regular defense that they were playing well, the so entire game? The other crazy part about that is, Tony, I agree. Uh, if you watch the first half, mm-hmm. they were getting through with, like, a four-man rush. Right. Like, their linebackers were able to drop back into coverage – and that's a reason why Mahomes was having such a problem because they had a four-man rush that was getting to him. Right. Like Joey Bosa is or, – or, yeah, Nick. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is a fucking animal. Like, I felt like he was next to Mahomes every single fucking play. Yeah. Even, like, he was getting thrown to the ground and still getting up and still, like, getting to Mahomes all the well, time. Bosa was smart, and, and they really, like, broke down the play is that they were really trying to make sure that they were pushing Mahomes out wide. So there's a few plays where you see Bosa coming on the edge and instead of him trying to go, so he's coming on like the left side. So he's coming on the Mahomes' uh, not blind side, his other side. I'm blanking right now. He's uh, throwing side. Yeah, he's throwing side. So instead of him going left around the defender, he ends up waiting, goes in right, so that Mahomes now goes out wide and Bosa is now like pushing him out of bounds. So... Bosa was really also trying to be strategic afterwards of like, okay, how can I limit this guy both on the ground, but also with his throwing options too. Yeah. And and that's just smart. Like that's just smart defensive thinking of like, how can I like really like capture him in into very minimal options? Yeah, I agree. Bosa was definitely playing very smart. Yeah. He's, he's like, that's a great like showcase game to show that like, it's not just, name value anymore it's like he's he he backs up the name value yeah and you got chase young who's still he actually i mean he got a sack too i mean we we can't forget about him like being on that defense on the other side or what's his name the fucking linebacker that they got in the middle of the year that was around everything all all game too oh um fucking uh chase young no no linebacker what the hell is his name? Why am I blanking? No, no, you say Tony? I said Chase Young. No, no, no. Wow, Nick's with the comeback right now. Are they? Nick were down 14 at halftime. They just tied it up with like three left in the third. Wow. And this is all without Randall um, and OG. That's a young Rockets team. 
Um, but as you're doing that, but th- there's other things where like the 49, like we're looking back on it now, the missed extra point. Dude, that, I'm gonna. I'm thankful for that because it allowed me to hit my box. No, no, no. I, 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 <laughs> but I agree. I'm, I'm not disappointed in it at all. But like little things like that with the 49ers, even Bucker's kick. I don't know if you saw it. It got deflected partially too. Yeah, only 57 yards. There was definitely a few plays that if they like went slightly the other way, this game's entirely different. And. I do think the extra point like was a problem because I listened that whole when did that happen? Was that the end of the third or the fourth already? Which one? The when they didn't get the uh, the extra point. They didn't get the extra point. I believe it was it was in the in the uh, fourth quarter. It was the fourth. They right? scored none in the third. Right. So you like that literally went from a field goal game to not a field goal game, and I think it changes the entire complexion of the game. Like you can't deny that at all. The only, I don't know. This game was so fucking weird, man. Like the more I keep thinking about it, like it also just, if, and I don't mean to do it because I know that's what everyone's talking about now. It just felt like a Brady game where like once Mahomes had the ball and it was a close game, you just felt like he was going to find a way to win. Like even before overtime, I was just like, by the, He's going to pull something out of his ass. By the way, the linebacker I'm thinking of was, uh, what's his name, Flanagan Fowles, who's uh, been on the 49ers. Uh, I was mixing him up <laughs> with uh, the the tackle, uh, Hargraves. Uh, okay. They got Hargraves this year, but I was mixing up Fowles and Hargraves. No, but I hear you on that, Tony. But I think the other thing we haven't talked about, too, in this game was that special teams played an impact also in certain aspects where – you're you're punting it and it lands in the one yard line. There was the other one where, dude, the one uh, that hit the guy's foot. Yeah. So by the way, that's okay. like the worst luck on the fucking planet. But, but before getting to that one, there was also the one where Richie James on the Chiefs caught it and the dude just like clotheslined him and <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and yeah. threw him back. But so when that happened, who was that was catching? Was McLeod? I think was in the backfield for the 49ers when he was pointing i was like what is he doing until they saw the replay he had he was heads up in the in that in that spot saying it hit off our player like we need to get it because yes. everyone was like why is he not touching it but it's like no it's deflected we need to jump on that ball the only so watching when watching it live the group of people i was with we were all like what the fuck are you doing touching it on the replay, you see it go off the guy's legs. The only thing I don't like about that is clear, like you could see the the actual like punt re- uh, returner. I think you said McLeod, right? McLeod. How do you not dive on that? Like he was trying to scoop it to take yeah. off. No, just dive on it. Like get the ball. That part. That I was my know. only complaint. Like obviously, heads up, great play. To, like almost, almost scooped it and could have taken off, but dive on it. You got to dive on that. Yeah, because they scored on one play afterwards, right from yeah. that. It's not like they, they were within the twenty. That was where MVS caught the touchdown pass wide open. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, insane that MVS has a touchdown catch in the in the Super Bowl. No drops. 
I'm so mad I didn't bet on that after we're listening to stupid. But I listened to the stupid fucking podcast, and Chris Berman was like, anytime uh, touchdown. And I was just like, oh, that sounds like a good one. I should do it. <laughs> I didn't. You know, you know, it's actually like kind of um, poetic in this case with the, the people who aren't here with uh, Steve and, and Voza. Both uh, former players of their teams made an impact in the. <laughs> Dude, Miko Hardman said that they were going to beat the 49ers in the uh, Super Bowl. So. Yeah. I mean, he uh, somebody posted he's the first Jet. He's the first player to be on the Jets and win a Super Bowl in the same season, I think, since Super Bowl three. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there, might, there might be one other guy. <laughs> Speaking of, did who had the 49ers winning? Not me. Not me. Me neither. Was it the two cowards? Oh, you and Boga. No, I did. I had them on the podcast, but I bet the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> You're an idiot. It was Boga and Frankie. They were the two who had 49ers. And I think Tony, me, you, and um, Steve had Chiefs. Got it. All right. So in that case, Boza, you are a coward. And you know what's funny? Like, we always say, like, I also, don't I'm... fade Mahomes in the playoffs. Don't fade Mahomes. And, like, look, you, you can give the Chiefs a lot of shit, but. They this was one of the tougher roads that they had to go through. I do I will say that their probably toughest matchup was the Ravens. I think being able to beat the Ravens was a harder matchup for them when looking at like how they're constructed rather than playing the 49ers. Granted, as we saw, the 49ers had a game plan in play. I just thought it was shit was gonna hit the fan once the second half started and it said uh Patrick Mahomes is eight and two when he's down by seven or more at halftime. And I'm like, yep, this is the, this is what everyone needed to see now. <laughs> this was also like the I think the seventh double digit comeback in Super Bowl history. I mean, like, guys, we got five quarters like of, of fucking football. Yeah. I mean, listen. And what was that? The second over second overtime game ever in Super Bowl history, right? The other one yeah. was Shanahan with the Falcons. Oh, Falcons geez. collapse. So, you know. Uh I mean, as millennials, we have to talk about the halftime show too, right? You heard you heard all the shit that, that's been uh coming up about uh Usher and Alicia Keys. About first of all, shout out to Swiss Beats just being like, "Yo, it was a performance. Chill out." Yeah. But also, yo, Swiss Beats, come get your girl. Right. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd go fight Usher, knock him right off those roller skates. What are we I doing? Thought, I thought it was good, but it started off slow. Like I was Dude, like, "Yeah, too not in not hype enough." The, again, it was the first half sucked, but like, yo, as soon as Lil John popped up. No, no, no. Well, once he came out on roller skates, I was like, "All right, here we go." <laughs> the the uh, the the the, uh, the Power Ranger, I think Voza had said. <laughs> Somebody also posted uh, Ludacris next to the picture of uh, Ben Stiller from um, Dodgeball. What are they? The fucking Vipers. <laughs> yep. The um. Yep. The, the, literally the whole time, I was like. Steve, this isn't going to be good. If Lil John doesn't show up, this isn't going to be good. And he was like, "Yeah, I know, I know." I was like, "Steve, it's not, it's, it's not going to be good until Lil John gets here." What, what's going on? And then Lil John showed up. I was like, "We're good, baby." Yeah, Lil John showed up, and I think that guy was still up in outer space who got thrown up there. <laughs> Dude, I did not see that. 
That's crazy. <laughs> um. Also, shout out to them for doing all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. Tremendous. I mean, all that's time the hard part with Super Bowls. Like, you get a song and they're sing- like the artist is singing it for like. 20 seconds and then as soon as you try to get into it they pivot to the next song and it's like motherfucker like i stay with it a little bit longer by the way i can't believe they actually did confessions i told for it i can't believe whoever was saying that they didn't think it was gonna happen it's too popular The, the other thing is look it's in vegas he has his residency in vegas so part of it is like him trying to sell it like i he I went tits out like he he pulled the shirt off. <laughs> there was somebody I saw a, a photo. They were like, um, as soon as Usher, I was in a bar, and as soon as Usher was taking off his shirt, a guy was screaming out, "Yeah, yeah, yeah!" Slowly for me to realize that he had a ten thousand dollar bet that he would take off his shirt during his performance. <laughs> oh my gosh! Tremendous. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly there was a prop of like the over under of how many times Taylor was going to be uh, on screen, and I think it was like at over five and a half at plus one hundred and ten. That's crazy. She, so we counted. She was on screen at least ten times during the full broadcast. Yeah. Um, also, much. apparently it was fifty six seconds worth of screen time. I did see that. That should have been the prop: is how much screen time total, not how many times they cut to her. I like time more. You could do both. It, it, it's, like, it, it's like saying when uh, people doing if they were doing bets, it's like how many yards or how many were receptions did you get? Like True. you could do both. I listen. I'm fine with that, and I will be parlaying it next year. <laughs> but no, it was um, it it did not start off as a good game, but it definitely ended up as a really good game. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Shout definitely. out to Jason Kelsey, really just being like. Did you guys see him showing the video of like it? So it was like, oh, look at how cute Travis is putting his jacket on on Taylor. And then just in the side of the video is the drunkest Jason Kelsey ever almost falling into the bushes. (laughs) Yeah, the tree where he's trying to put uh, it was I think Travis was putting his jacket on Taylor and then he almost went to the tree. There was the other one where like. There's music playing, and you see like Travis and and Taylor just like dancing, yeah, and then you just him in the lucha mask <laughs> up at the DJ booth. Also, he's he's definitely retired. He's not wearing Kansas City overalls if he's not retired. Yeah, I think so. Well, it, yeah. it was there was interesting where they they showed his wife also, and they were saying how come his wife was not show wearing like any like Kansas City gear. She was repping Cincy gear on behalf of like their alma maters because she is like true and true Philly. So yeah. she like refuses to wear anything else but Eagles, which, which is also res- like the most Philly thing ever. I I could I could respect it as a as a as a fan, but also fuck Philly. I did um just watch the Jason Kelsey, like I guess documentary. I don't know what else he would call that. Oh, the um, one on Prime. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, Pretty I good. Didn't want to watch that. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Jason Kelsey rules. I'm so happy he's retired, and like now we can love him. <laughs> no, it was good. Good, good way to end the um, football season. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um. Oh, oh, we didn't mention the first uh, 
first back-to-back champion since my beloved New England Patriots. Wow. It's crazy. It's been that long. I know, especially like when you think about it, because it feels like the same like three or four teams have won the Super Bowl every year, but it hasn't been in a row. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, how how dumb does Troy Aikman feel about his tweet being resurfaced? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That was a bad look. Look to me when you have thirty three percent of my Super Bowls. Um, and now that you have a hundred percent after only six seasons. So, yeah. uh, somebody that I saw the tweet, it was like. Patrick Mahomes now has 167% of his touchdown passes, 100% of his Super Bowls, in 58% of the games played. Jesus. Which is crazy, by the way, because, like, as much fun as it is to shit on Troy Aikman for being a dickhead, like, he's a good fucking quarterback. Mahomes is legit. Uh, I did see another tweet that was like, well, at least we won't have to deal with him much longer. He's already 28. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. It's dot, kind dot. of crazy that he could really, like, retire right now and still be... Hall of Fame? Like a Hall of Famer, yeah. Like, I think if he was to retire right now, he would not be a first ballot because he'd be like, he could have played 10 more years, but he would make the Hall of Fame. Well, the other, yeah. the other spin zone that they were saying is that if he retired right now, like, his conversation would be like more of like the what if, like, oh, if he did this and that, like, what could he have accomplished and everything? But there's no, I mean, look, he, dude's got this $500 million contract. He has all these other sponsorship deals. Like, even if he doesn't win anymore, he's going to keep playing. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, he's got on the rest- other hand, eh, we, we don't know about Travis yet. Shut up, nerd. Uh, Mahomes is now in. Everything else is icing. Let's just get the counting stats so that way they talk about me with with Brady and Peyton and all these guys where, like, there's no doubt. Like, Super Bowls are now icing. Granted, you know, you want to win the Super Bowl. Like, people talk about, oh, they'd rather have the ring than the stats. So, like, I think that's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be – it's not about the ring, I don't think, anymore for Mahomes. It's about getting the ring for, like, the younger guys or the guys that get traded there or the guys that they sign. Mm-hmm. That'll be more of a thing. I think what's scary with the Chiefs is that their team is still relatively young. Yes. Yeah, and like, their defense is very good now. Their defensive eight starting age was like a little less than 26 years old, I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was wild. I didn't realize they were that young on the defensive side. Yeah, their defense is very good. I mean, and like Steve Spags did a hell of a job, though, defensively with them. Dude, think about like just just think about their corners. Like McDuffie and Sneed are studs. <laughs> yeah, and they're so young that they're still going to be good for like however long. <laughs> like they're not they're they're not like. You know, 28, 29, 30-year-olds. They're like, I think McDuffie's, what, 22? Yeah. Duffy is 23 years old, and then Sneed, I think, is a little bit older. 27. Okay, so Sneed's getting, but Sneed's also kind of just emerged as, like, a top-tier cornerback also. And don't forget, you also had, um, what's his name? Uh, Bolton, who had, I think, the leading, I think he had, like, well into the double digits with tackles on the linebacker. 
He's like 22, 23 also. Mm-hmm. And like, you still have Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a fucking beast. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he he was another guy where like he made plays and it was like, why is he so he can't be that big and that fast? That's fucked up. <laughs> he's a giant human and he's running fucking he's running down running backs. Get out of here. Yeah, no. Uh well I, I think it was um um on that last play in overtime for the 49ers, he was wide open. And if you think about it, if he was not if, – if somebody picked him up and blocked him, Ayuk was open yeah. in the going into that corner. Yeah. There was that. The other thing that I saw today – But also, is, uh, if somebody picked him up and blocked him, like, he had a head of steam. He was not <laughs> – I no, don't think sure. you were stopping him anyway. He was going right through you. Um, Mahomes had brought it up today. They they asked hypothetically if the 49ers got a touchdown on that drive, like on their drive that ended up winning. Like if they went for a touchdown, would they just have kicked the extra point? Like would they have given the ball back to San Fran? Mahomes Blaine said it was like we were going for two. He was like, I don't know if Andy wanted me to say that, but like we were planning on going for two if they scored a touchdown. Talk about the push was in play. That'd have been great if the octopus had ended up happening. On the last play of the game, I would have shit my pants. Well, I feel like the octopus. I mean, the the missed extra point would have really put the octopus into play, steering the other direction. I think. Mm, yeah, I well, I was also very upset that you know Christian McCaffrey's production slowed down a little in the second half because he didn't score in the second half. Yeah, I, mean, I so, really thought they. Were, I really thought he was going in. Like when they kicked the field goal in overtime, I really thought he was going in for me. Yeah, that, that would have counted as the second half, by the way. I think 160 all purpose yards. Yeah, he's so. a beast. Yeah, great. But no, good Super Bowl until until later this year in the fall for more football. Yep. RIP football season. I mean, it'll still get talked about. You know, there's a ton yeah. of transactions. Ton of guys guys coming off the books. The draft, obviously, yep. Obviously, we have our dynasty draft that we will have to talk about, even though nobody wants to hear it besides us, but we will talk about it. We will. Um, Yeah, what else is going on? Pitchers and catchers are starting to report. I think most teams report Wednesday. Um, I I got to ask Tony a question. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw today. they're saying Alonzo is unlikely to agree to a long-term deal. Deal, blah, blah, blah. he's likely to test free agency. You yeah. heard about that today? I, yep. I mean, I've been bracing for that for the last like year. When he's he's what's he's, it called? He's, he's gonna test. Yeah, the Mets pocketbook. That's what he's gonna test. Yeah, he's, he's just. To me, listen, do I, I I think there's an outside chance he leaves, but I think he really likes New York. I think if they play well and he plays well, he's going to get paid because quite frankly, he didn't have the best season last year. Like he still played very well and would get paid based off of that, but compared to his first couple of years, like it was a I would call a down year for him. So mm-hmm. the Mets are probably looking to take advantage of that and not pay him 
a boatload of money. He's probably like, I can play at a much higher level than that. And he's going to hopefully prove it. And best case scenario, if he does the Mets make the playoffs, David Stearns pays him at the, in the off season. And then that's it. And honestly, I think it's likely that they'll pay him because there's really not a lot of big free agents next off season that I could see the Mets pivoting to. It lines up with the timeline that the Mets set out for wanting to be extremely competitive in terms of like world series convention. And all the guys that we're paying now for no reason, like Max Scherzer and Verlander and all those, all fall off the box. So the money's going to be there. I think it's just going to be a matter of does he want to be there. Same thing that like what happened with the Grom. Like the Grom ultimately decided he just didn't want to be in New York. And if Pete Alonso does the same thing, then that's fine. But Tony, I think the only thing you have to worry about is if Freddie Freeman starts playing third base halfway through next year. Yeah, that would be problematic. But <laughs> like I don't know. And listen, I think Pete's great, but like, I, to me, he's still – he would need to do a lot this year to make me think that he's in the same stratosphere as guys like Aaron Judge and Mookie Thank Bat you. and, like, all the – no, but, like, he he's a different – because, listen, Judge Bat's, like, 280 or whatever the fuck it is, 290, yeah. 300. He's a – what's it called? He's a, he's, a, he's a power hitter. He's not a pure hitter. Yeah, and, like, in his this first couple of years – yeah. He was batting yeah. around like 240, 250. Last year he batted like 220. And like, by the way, if he gets back to 240, 250 and hits 50 home runs, then he's, then he's, he'll then get he's his bajillion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's ultimately what it's going to sort of come down to. Yeah. Like his career batting, I just pulled it up for fun. Batted 260 in 2019. 2020, I'm just wash. 2021, 260. 2022, 270. Last year, 217. Like, you can't do that. And he struck out, like, 25 more times. Also, him hitting 270 is crazy. Yeah. So, but if he plays at that level, he's going to get the money that he probably thinks he already deserves. I I think he's – I think there's no problem. He'll get a stupid contract. Yeah. And I hope it's with the Mets, but – No, I'm saying with the Mets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hopeful. Because I do think a core – and that's why I think this season is not to go down on the Mets, like, little way. But it is funny that – like everyone was freaking out when like the Mets said that they weren't going to be like super aggressive going into this offseason and like oh the Mets are going to suck this year they're not looking to compete until 2025 season. The Mets on paper still have a very good team. Like it's like we're discrediting the fact that there's Pete Alonso who's probably a top 4 or 5 first baseman, Lindor who's still one of the best shortstops in baseball, Jeff McNeil who other than last year is a batting like champion contention every year. Like they have so many pieces on that team that like everything went wrong last year, which is why they fell apart. There's no reason why this shouldn't be a playoff team. I'm going to just blatantly say that. I think the pitching leaves a lot to be desired for a deep run, but I do think that they should be a playoff team. I agree. More to come on that when we do our um, baseball preview. I actually want to write down everyone's like division predictions and see how fucked we all were at the end of it. Because if we did last year's again, I don't imagine any of us had the Baltimore Orioles uh, doing anything. No, maybe maybe Steve with how he was all over the place, but that was more of an NL East thing, I think. Yeah, Steven, I might have like, like, had no. them in third place. You might have, but that's because I just hate the Blue Jays. Yeah, you might have done that just out of like I hate everybody else Sweet. here. I'm just gonna, yeah, out of, out of not like not like I actually think the Orioles are going to be a good. You team. know, like I wouldn't have put them above the Rays. Yeah, and I, I am. Hate, I hate the Rays way more than I hate the Orioles, but I'm not stupid. But I am spiteful. I am very excited though. I feel like 
they're like I feel like we're kind of coming back around now to the there's a lot of really good young players in baseball again mm-hmm. part of it, which is really fun because I do feel like we were at a point where like all the guys like not grew up because now we're all old, but like the last like tier of people has kind of been producing for a while, but now you're starting to see all like the young faces kind of coming up and like just make names for themselves. And I think baseball is more fun that way, which is why there's teams like the Orioles and other teams that have no business being good baseball teams, being good baseball teams. Well, I think that's just sports in general. We're at that age now where a lot of guys who we grew up watching are now going into like hall of fame considerations. Yeah. Yeah. There's the CC Sabathia, Ichiro, like the class this year is very fun. I still hate the way that they do the baseball Hall of Fame vote. It's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. And like PC Sabathia is not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer because they're fucking stupid. I hate it. I there's got to be a better way. Yeah, get guys that actually cover the sport to fucking vote instead of guys that covered the sport for two seasons sixty years ago. I also just like don't even think it needs to be writer. Like, why can't we just have a committee of like? Because the committee would be old guys that haven't covered the Well, sport. no, yeah, but it, it should be like a committee of, I, I don't know, like 25 people or some big number, but make it like even parts like former players that are like respected, like already Hall of Famers, guys that are writing now today, and then like another 10 like baseball executives that or like former baseball executives like Theo Epstein should get a vote, like guys like that. Mm-hmm. So stupid that they ask like a ninety-five-year-old who fucking wrote about Babe Ruth eating hot dogs is voting <laughs> on Hall of Famers now. It's insane, and I hate the. I think the amount of time people are on ballots is just stupid because people like intentionally leave them off because they're like, well, they're more like a third ballot Hall of Famer, not a first yeah. year. Instead of it just being like, is this guy like? It. Yeah, like it was put. They did that so that guys didn't fall off the ballot just because it was crowded, right? Like, it, it, if there's five really good players in front of you, but you would have been a Hall of Famer if you were on a ballot three years before. That was the point of it, not to hold guys off because you just feel like... Because I feel like not. The first yeah. time. Yeah, like, it doesn't say that on your fucking plaque. Just let them in. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's... We're talking about... Like Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds aren't in the Hall of Fame. Like Pete Rose still is. I'm telling you, I say it every year when we talk about this because we get to talk about this around this time or around like July when they go actually go do like the ceremony. I'm, I might go spit on Rob Manfred if I ever see Rob Manfred. I will spit on him if, as soon as Pete Rose dies, they put him in the Hall of Fame instead of just putting that old man in the Hall of Fame and letting him be happy just the one time. Like, that dude loves baseball. Put Pete Rose in the fucking Hall of Fame before he dies. Because we know you're going to do it as soon as he fucking dies. Yeah, probably. And I will spit on Rob Manfred for Pete Rose. Heard it here first. No Voza say allegedly. Yeah, true. Uh, Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Um... Anything else? Um, no, I won't talk about any other sports. Who's not ready to me. shovel tomorrow? Not me. Uh, not me. Hopefully, maybe I could actually use my my snowblower that I've had in my garage for two years. I'm gonna drive over the snow bank 
when I have to go to work at 2 o'clock. Oh, that's terrible. Yes. Or, you know, when uh, hopefully they call me and they're like, don't come in, we're closing. I'm just like, yay. Let's hope, let's, let's hope for your sake. I would fucking love it. I think it's supposed to stop at noon, so I'll be fine. Um, yeah. Anything else, boys? No, I think I'm good. RIP football season. Oh, the caption. I won't make it the episode title, but the caption for this episode is definitely going to be ban the ban the uh, shotgun draw. Yep, I'm with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, Alright, so for recency bias and for football season bye later goodbye